Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Merry Christmas and welcome to Crossbridge Community Church. I am so excited that you've chosen to celebrate Christmas at Crossbridge with us. In fact, I, I just want you to know, um, I feel it's a privilege that you've taken the time to come and to worship with us. And I recognize there's probably many guests at our Morris campus, our Peru campus, as well as those listening online. And um, man, I hope, I hope that in the midst of this Christmas message, that God says something to you, that he breathes something new in you. And uh, I'm, I'm just really, really excited to be the one sharing with you. Again, I'm Kevin, and uh, I'm the lead pastor. And here's what I want us to think about. Um, most of us know the Christmas story. In fact, I, I would say 99% of you, like, you know something about Christmas, right? But I think this, you all have different thoughts about it. In fact, when I think about the people who would be gathered in the room for this Christmas, I think there's probably several types of people, and all of you are welcome. The first one would be we'd have a group of people who might say, yes, I 100% am bought in and believe fully in this Christmas story. The second group I thought could be this, that there would be people who would say, you know, like I'm not gonna raise my hand, but I would say I struggle with certain components of this Christmas story and just believing it fully. Um, And then there's a third group of people who would say, hey, I just, I'm gonna admit it. In fact, I'd raise my hand and I'd tell you if I could, Um, I just, I don't believe all the parts of the Christmas story, but I'm very respectful in regards to Christmas because, you know, I don't want to be labeled Scrooge, right? Whatever. Um, But here's what I would say, no matter where you come from, and I mean this, whether you are like, I 100% believe it, or I'm here because my wife drug me in, right? And I have no belief whatsoever in this Christmas story. I, I hope, I hope that you would just listen today. And, uh, and I'm so thankful that all of you have chosen to worship with us. Hey, I want to pray for us before we go any further. Father, thank you for every person who's gathered at our campuses. And I thank you for this, this story. And uh, I pray that you would open our eyes maybe to see it in a new way. That maybe even though we have a certain perspective on how we see it, that you'd open our minds and you'd open our hearts that we'd be willing to maybe see it from a different angle today. And, and God, I pray that you would work in the midst of every one of our services. And uh, Lord, we would know that your presence is with us. Lord, I give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. So I was, um, obviously, Christmas at Crossbridge is a big deal. Um, Christmas is a big deal. It's a big deal to me. And I, I spend more time on a shorter message at Christmas time than I do on most weeks. And I read over it and over it and over it. And I study that Christmas story. And I found myself a couple of weeks ago reading Luke chapter two, the story of Christmas. And I was reading through it again and again and again. And I was like, Lord, help me. Everyone knows this story. And yet, how do I want to present it? It was funny. And I was working and a friend called me and he said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, I'm working. And he's like, what are you working on? And I said, I'm working on the Christmas message. And he said, well, that's easy. And I said, oh, oh, I wish it was. And he's like, seriously? He said, Jesus came. He was born in a manger. And um, 
I said, well, I, I wish it was that simple. And you probably wish he was communicating this message because we would already be done. Um, but I said, I wish it was that simple, but I don't think it is. Because I think we have a story that if we're not careful, everyone just assumes they know all the details, they know what it is. So they begin to kind of, they, they turn it off or they just, they just kind of glaze over it. My hope for us is that we would listen and we'd be open to hearing something new within a story that we've heard many, many, many times before. Um, I wanted to give you a visual image uh, that you could kind of wrap your head around as, as I was speaking to you today. Uh, gifts are a fun part of Christmas, right? And in fact, as a kid, there is nothing better than Christmas morning. I, it, there just isn't. I mean, I look back at my childhood. Those are some of the memories that I have. You know, you can't sleep the night before and you're just wondering what's under the tree. Like Christmas is, is a kid's like dream come true. And, and so I was, I was thinking about this. Don't you wish you could peek in the windows? Like you could just go around your community and you'd be a creeper. Like, so don't do this. This, this will get you arrested on Christmas morning. But don't you wish that you could just like, like peek in the window and, and that you could watch when the kids get up and they would run downstairs and you could, and you could watch them open their presents. Because here's what I think. You could go from house to house to house and the energy you would see and the excitement you would see and the smiling on the faces, like that is a one day event. And, and I was thinking about, so what would that look like? And, and one of the things I thought, you know, picture like you go to house number one. And you go to house number one and you watch little Johnny run down the stairs and, and you watch him, you know, pick up a present, something like this. And, and then you watch him open it and he'd pull out something like this, right? Uh, I, I was thinking about um, that's kind of a, what we might say is a typical kind of gift, right? It's obviously, it's a dog, right? Now, this is not a real dog. This is a, uh, it's got this little leash here and I think the dog does a little something um, now, most of you, this is a pretty safe gift. And this is a gift that if I'm guessing, a kid's gonna smile and be like, oh, thank you, right? I love the dog, right? But here's what's gonna happen. This is the kind of gift that will get played with on Christmas day. It will get played with maybe a couple weeks after Christmas, maybe if, if, if this dog is really loved a month, and then it's gonna make its way underneath the bed or in the back of the toy box. Now, I think about moving to house number two, and I think about house number two, if, if we were to uh, peek in the window and you maybe see a very similar kind of gift wrapped in a similar kind of way, and, and you'd say, um, like, the outcome might be a little different, right? That it, when you watched a kid open up a real dog, now, now picture this, that all of a sudden he picks this dog up and he's like, Oh, right. Mom, dad, you got me a real dog. I'm not giving this dog away, right? This is my dog. But can you imagine? Now, some of you say, when I think about my children, I would much rather give them this dog. And the reason you'd rather give them this dog is because there's very little that comes with this dog. This dog doesn't need shots, right? Um, this dog, you don't have to walk it. This dog, you don't have to clean up after it. Now this dog, and, and this dog's gonna go in the back of the toy box about a month after Christmas. This dog's never going in the back of the toy box, at least we hope not, right? This dog is a long-term fixture in your house because it is a real, breathing, living dog, right? And, and these things don't go away. Some of you are like, 
as parents, you're like, that's my worst nightmare of a Christmas. So I'm, I'm going to let her, um, I'm going to let her move on. Thank you, Chica. Um, so think about this. As we look in the windows of these houses, very similar perspectives on, on dogs, very, very similar perspectives on gifts. What we'd say is in both houses, there was a dog that was given as a gift, but both of those gifts have very different outcomes because one perspective is, is that there's this dog that isn't real. And one perspective is that it is a real breathing, living dog. Here's what I want you to, to think about a couple of verses. Isaiah 7:14 says this. This was prophecy in the Old Testament. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now listen in Matthew and John, this prophecy comes true. And, and, and there's still this, this talk of this, right? Matthew chapter one, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. One of the important things to know is if you looked at the definition of what this term Emmanuel, this name Emmanuel, here's what it means. God with us. John one says it this way. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Same picture, right? God came to be with us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. This Christmas story may you not just see a baby in a manger. May you see that this is the story where God breaks into our world and he delivers his son who shows up with skin on, right? Who shows up and literally the living God lives with us, among us. Incredible, incredible story. In fact, the real story of God. If you view this Christmas story that this baby is not just a baby, not just a human baby, this baby is God, has real implications. I think about Chica, that's my dog. The truth is she's a lot of work. Um, that dog was a gift to my daughter, not for Christmas, but uh, I let her choose that dog and she had made promises to take care of it, which she did not uphold. And so now that dog is more my dog than hers. But here's what I would say, that dog, it, it costs money. That dog licks, which I don't like. Um, she'll squeal when you put her in the kennel. She pees, she eats, and she poops, and sometimes she eats her poop. That might be too much information, but that's, that's how it works. See, the deal is there's a lot that comes with having a real dog. Uh, believing in the realness of God, hear this, has very much the same kind of implications in your life. If, if, you, if you see this story not as a fake, plastic, just a baby kind of story, but you see this story as a living, breathing God who comes to be with us, it will have not like a two-week kind of implication on your life. It will change the way you enter 2020. It will change your year when you see the deeper meaning of this real gift of Jesus. Now, here's what I want to tell you, just some implications, and I'm not going to spend long. I think one of the things we see in the midst of this story that is very real is that the heavenly father would choose to send his one and only son into this messy world. Here's what it says to us. He, he knew when he sent his son into the world, there was this plan that his son would live, his son would die a terrible death, and he chose to send him into the mess anyway. 
I think one of the greatest reminders for us is that God chooses to enter our messy world too. That God chooses to say, I want to move in and dwell within you. I want to, I want to be with you even when your life is all messed up and it is so messy that you would think God would never want to take residence there. Mark 10, 45 says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I love what John, John 1, 9 says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Picture this, the true light was coming into a dark world to light it up. This true light still to this day, can, you may say, oh, like my world needs some light. And what I would tell you is, is that God doesn't shy away from moving in and illuminating your life and world. Philippians 2, 5 and 8, I'm not gonna read the whole thing to you, but, but here's what a line in that that says, rather he made himself nothing, that he had all the power of God and yet he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. It goes on to say to become obedient to death, even death on a cross. Here's what you hear. There is no mess too big for God to enter. The good news is I don't care where you come from and how you've entered Morris, Peru, or online, any of our campuses. Here's what I tell you. Your life is not too messed up for God. That God is waiting to break in and to say, let me be the light in your life in which you need so desperately. None of us are beyond God's grace, and none of us have sin in our life that he can't forgive. Now, here's the second piece. God wants to show us real love. Here's what I'm saying. It goes beyond words. It's actually displaying it. Listen to, um, listen to 1 John 1, 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. I love that. There's not just this communication of, hey, this is who God is. Here's not, you know, this is what he does. He actually displayed it. He displayed love by sending his son into this messy world to live and to die for each of us. And then the final piece, which I think is so real, and it's important that we wrap our heads around is this, that God sent his son for one huge primary purpose. And, and it's found right here in this story, to be our savior. That's why he came. Hebrews 2 puts it this way. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us. Talking about Jesus his brothers and sisters, um, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. So he could be, in a sense, picture this in-between. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. That's why he came. It's the whole reason he came, that we needed this, this perfect offering and that he sent his son who was perfect in every way to live and to lay down his life for a ransom for every single one of us. In fact, here's what we read in the Christmas story. In the Christmas story, we, we read this and it's, it's so true. And it's this, I bring you good news that will be great joy for all the people. Today in the town of, uh, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. I, I love the fact that it's great joy for all people. Everyone gets included in this story and the life that was laid down was for every single one of us. I, I want to really, um, I, I want to end with telling you a story. I, a couple weeks ago, I was in a shoe store. And um, it was actually a very small shoe store. And I was looking for a, a pair of shoes. And 
the salesman was sitting in the, in the middle of the floor there, right in the middle of the store, and there was some chairs around him. And I had tried on a pair of shoes, and they didn't work. And so I, I was looking around the store, like around these sidewalls, trying to think, is there anything else I want to try on? Another individual walked in, and he brought a box of shoes. And um, he, he sat down next to the salesman right there in the middle, and he said, hey, I, I, you gave me the wrong size. Like, I want to bring these back because I needed a size 10, but somehow or another I got home, and these are 10 and a half. I could tell the salesman was kind of looking at him like, hmm, like, you know, really? And so the guy opens it up. He, he shows him, you know, the box says one thing, the shoes are something else. And, and, it, and, and then this whole conversation started. Now, I'm honestly just looking for a pair of shoes. Um, but as I listen, it caught my attention. Here's kind of how the story went. Um, the story went, the salesman said, hey, like, I'm not trying to, like, you know, ask you tons of questions, but you have to understand. Uh, I mean, a lot of people come in here and tell me a lot of different things. And sometimes people will bring in and they'll bring a pair of shoes back and they'll say, hey, the shoe ripped. And he said, it's obvious that they cut it or like they did something they shouldn't have done to the shoe. That It wasn't really the shoe's fault. It was their fault. And now they want to bring it back and they, and they want me to eat the shoes, right? And not, not eat literally, but yeah, you know what I mean. And so in, in the midst of that, the salesman says, he's like, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like 97% of people are liars, and, and now, like, now I, I, like I've got my, like, my ears are tuned, right? And he said, I'm sure you're telling me the truth, but he said, I'm just telling you, 97% of, it's the world we live in, 97% of people are liars, and they'll tell you anything when it comes to money. And, and then, it, this, this, is, this is where it gets really dicey, right? The guy who was sitting there said, you know what? I, I think that percentage is really high. And I was really kind of not, now I'm, now I'm like, I'm pretending like I'm looking at shoes, right? And I'm listening. He said, I think that percentage is really high. He said, I, I would say most people are probably pretty honest. He said, I think there's a smaller percentage of people who are the ones who are lying and trying to take advantage and, and they give everyone else kind of a bad rap. And, and I was listening to this. And now here's what the salesman says. He says, yeah, I, you know, that's not what I see. I, I think everybody, you know, <laughs> 97% of people are liars. In fact, he said, I'll, I'll go this far. He said, I, I grew up going to church, but I think pastors and leaders in church, they're, abs they're, they're like the worst of the worst. So now, <laughs> I, he knows, I mean, no, I don't know this guy, but when I listen to this and I listen to what's going on in his head, now I'm just trying to keep my mouth shut, right? Um, because I just thought, wow, what a warped sense of view. And, and so I went over and I sat down and um, I, I acted like I was looking at the shoes that I just tried on. And um, because now I'm just, I'm just into this conversation and I still haven't said a word. And here's, here's what he says. He, um, him and this guy, like they're, they're carrying it on. And, and the next piece of it, he says this. <laughs> he says, um, you know, if we get to the end of this world, he says, and we have, you know, all these people have believed in God, right? And, and they've based their life around this belief in God. And then they discover he isn't real. How bad is that going to be? That, that's what he says. And, and so at this point, I couldn't keep my mouth shut any longer. And, and I just said, I said, um, you know what? I said, I hear you. But I said, if, if you live your life believing in God and kind of believing, you know, living your life um, the way God might want you to, to lead it, and you get to the end and you discover there isn't a God, yes, that'd be disappointing, but the truth is you probably still lived a pretty good life, 
I'm not sure you wasted much. And I said, but, but let's think about the other scenario. Let's, let's say that you live your life believing there isn't a God and living your life like there isn't a God, but you get to the end and you discover that there really is. Now that would be disappointing. Now, at that point, both of them got silent. <laughs> it was like church, right? If I, if I could have had, um, uh, the, the, you know, Pastor Phil with me leading worship, I could have done an altar call right there in the shoe store, right? But, but it was so interesting to me. Like, it, it got quiet, and, and really, like, subject changed. And um, maybe he figured out I was a pastor. I have no idea. Um, but but here's, here's what I want you to take away from this story. And here's what I want you to take away from this message. That when I think about the real implications of the, look at this story. Every year we look at it. I don't care what your background is. Every year you probably gather around a tree with family and with friends and you celebrate Christmas. And the deeper meaning of Christmas is, is that the birth of a child, Jesus, like that's what we're celebrating. The question is, you can't get around it. You can't, I don't think you can just play like, hey, I didn't know. You have to answer the question. Is that baby in a manger a baby? Or is that baby in a manger the real, true, living God? And there will come a day where each of us have to answer that question. The truth is he came to enter your messy world. He came to display this love to you that goes beyond what you could ever comprehend. And he came to be your savior. Will you trust him? Will you believe in this story enough that you would say, I'm willing to put my life on it? in a way which says, I'm going to believe for the forgiveness of my sins. And I'm going to take Jesus at his truth that he came for everyone, including me, to be the savior of the world. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this incredible Christmas story. And I thank you that it is real. But Lord, when I see it and I see from my perspective, Lord, you have changed everything for me the implications of this story. It changes the way I live my life and I'm grateful for you. And Lord, I just want that for every single person. I want them to experience not just some story that gets put, put away on December 31st and we move on into a new year. I want them to experience the realness of your presence that changes how they live, that changes the peace in their hearts, that changes the joy deep down within, that changes changes absolutely everything about their life. God, I believe that's what you came for. I believe you're talking to your people. I give you thanks today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.